Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Folks, I am sure you've heard me mentioned last Sunday that we in the Ministries International and the ministry team, we are making we are making it our goal and our aim and our mission this year uh, to, to spiritually grow, to develop and to grow uh, in the spirit. I know it's a challenge, but I believe God will help us and enable us to go much deeper into the things of God, into the truths of God's Word, that we may come to the place where we fully understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God and the way God works in our lives. I did mention to you that most probably we can trace every problem that we encounter in the churches today, we can trace its roots back to spiritual immaturity. When we, when we are spiritually immature, our attitude, our way of thinking, our mindsets uh, is really uh, not enabling us uh, to go deeper and further into the things of God. It's only when we grow spiritually that we may uh, that we begin to understand and know the Lord much better. And so today, my message and the teaching that I want to give you is centered around developing our spiritual senses. Not sure if you heard a sermon like that before or a teaching, but certainly in all my years I. I, I have not heard, except one or two uh, cases where people are teaching on the importance of developing our spiritual senses. And we need to understand that just as we have physical senses by which we are enabled to live, to work and function in this physical natural world, we also have spiritual senses by which we live and walk in the Spirit. We're not just physical beings. We are spiritual beings primarily who have a soul and we live in this physical body. So that's what I want to focus my teaching on today. Let me begin by saying that spiritual development takes place when we give priority to spiritual things above natural or physical things. And Paul mentions that in his epistle, and he admonishes the Colossians to seek after and to pursue those things, he said, which are above and not the things on the earth. And in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, he says the following, and I'm reading from the Passion uh, Translation. He says, 
Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. In other words, he says, when Christ was raised from the dead, you were also raised by faith and, and uh, through, through the new birth. This is why, he says, we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. As you can see here clearly, Paul admonishes the believers in Colossae to give priority to those things which are above. And the things that are above are spiritual. They're not natural, they're not physical. They are spiritual. The laws of God are universal, they are irreversible, and unchangeable. They will work for whosoever. They take no account as to whether you are rich or poor, black or white, Greek or Gentile, a believer or an unbeliever. Just like the law of gravity works for whosoever and wherever you are on this planet, even so the laws of God function the same way. One of those laws is the law of sowing and reaping that is recorded in Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 and 8. It says that whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. We read that in Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 and 8. And we need to understand this is a spiritual universal law that works for whosoever. And Paul begins uh, his sentence with these words, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. And he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. I want you to notice how Paul begins his sentence. He says, don't be deceived. Why does he say don't be deceived? Because it's so easily to be deceived. Deception will lead us to believe that we can continue giving in to the flesh, sowing to our flesh, and somehow avoid the consequences of such a lifestyle. It's not possible. God says, don't be deceived. Sooner or later, we will reap what we have been sowing. The Bible says that to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You see here, we have two sets of minds. One is carnal or fleshly, that lives and walks according to the dictates of our five physical senses, and the other one is a spiritual mind. It is the mind of Christ. So, to be led by the flesh and to entertain a mindset 
that is based on the flesh will lead you to spiritual death. But to be spiritually minded, he says, is life and peace. A spiritual person develops a lifestyle of sowing to the Spirit. That's his lifestyle. Day after day, he gives priority to spiritual things, and through words, thoughts, and actions, he keeps sowing to the Spirit. And of the Spirit, the Word says, we, we reap life and peace. So if we want to have the fullness of life that Jesus came to give us, and to have the peace of God rule in our hearts and minds, we need to be sowing to the Spirit. Two Sundays ago, I taught on the principle of valuing things from the spiritual standpoint and not just from the natural or physical perspective. I highlighted our spiritual experience and the greatest miracle of all time, which is of course being born again, and the glorious inheritance we received as new creations in Christ Jesus. Now all of these wonderful blessings we touched on could remain distant, undiscovered, and not experienced unless we grow and develop spiritually. If we are to walk in the light of these realities, this is a must. We must become more and more spirit conscious as opposed to body or mind conscious. Some people are so body conscious you know, all of the attention, all of the focus in life is centered around the body. How they look, and there's nothing wrong to better yourself. How they feel, that's all they talk about. It's about how they feel, what they look like, and so on and so forth. Other people are so uh, uh, mind conscious. They are intellectual giants. They will enter into conversations and arguments that has to do with their mental capacity. But God is looking for people who are more spirit conscious. They are aware of the spiritual world and what goes on in the realm of the spirit. They are led by the spirit. They pick up the signals of the spirit within them and they are guided and led through life as they are led and guided by the spirit. But we cannot be led by the Spirit unless we become spirit-conscious or God-inside-minded. And that's what, what's, what needs to happen in our way of thinking and in our way of living. In other words, we must become more and more receptive to spiritual things as opposed to natural and physical things. And to do that, of course, we need to grow and develop our spirit man. That's why we're talking about developing our spiritual senses. We have spiritual senses. There is a sense of seeing and hearing in the spirit. So those we need to develop and grow. God is a spirit. The Bible says in John chapter 4, God is spirit. He resides within our spirit. How? 
through the presence of the Holy Spirit who was given unto us, according to Romans chapter 5. Now, he is not a physical being or an intellectual being. He's not a mind. You know, some people want to hear God with a body or an audible voice. God doesn't speak like that because he's not physical and he's not intellectual. He's a spirit being. Uh, he has the capacity to think and to calculate, but he is a spirit being. Everything God does, we need to understand, and I want you to listen carefully. Everything God does, he does in the spirit and ultimately finds its expression in the natural realm. That's where everything begins from. We, we, we must understand that this is so vitally important. Anything and everything God does in regards to you and me, He does in the Spirit and ultimately finds its expression in the natural realm, in the physical realm. Redemption is spiritual. It's not physical. It is primarily spiritual, but the effects of our redemption find their expression in the physical, natural realm. So, according to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, all the blessings of God are spiritual. I want to say that again. All of the blessings of God He bestowed upon us in Christ, they are spiritual, but they manifest in all the spheres of our life, physically, financially, relationally, they begin to find expression or manifestation in this natural physical world that we live in. The Bible says that God the Father has blessed us, past tense. God is not going to bless you any more than He has already blessed you in Christ. You are as blessed today as you will ever be. And you need to believe that from your heart. God has blessed us, past tense, with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. So whatever blessing you need, it's already been given. Are you, from God's point of view, He has given. He's not going to give you anything more. It is foolish to ask God to give you something that He has already given you. Are you listening to me? So, Ephesians 1.3 tells us, Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift. It is the gift of God through Christ. From our wonderful heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus, all because He sees us wrapped into Christ. That is why we celebrate Him with all our hearts. When you get born again, God puts you in Christ. He sees you as righteous, holy, and the Beloved, accepted in the Beloved. And He has blessed you in Christ Jesus with every blessing. Now, here is an important question that we need to give an answer from a biblical standpoint, not from the experiences that we may know or experience, 
not from the experiences of, of, of another person. I heard recently, as I was ministering and counseling someone, that this person was talking to someone, and the end of the conversation is that, well, we are all broken vessels. And my spirit just rose up and said, no, we were broken. But when we came to Christ, he restored us. Are you listening to me? I was broken. I was broken spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, relationally, socially, every way. I was broken. But when I came to Christ, he restored my brokenness and made me whole. Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Are you listening to me? Praise God. And, and, and I corrected that person. I don't accept that. But this person, because somehow the depth of the knowledge of the word was not that deep, very shallow, she believed that person. And we must be very careful who to believe and what we believe. We only believe what is in agreement and in line with God's word. That's why I'm giving you a biblical answer to the question, okay? And the answer we give cannot be based on the opinions of men or the experiences of others, but in what the Bible teaches. Here is the question. If God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing and has given us everything we need for godly living, why is it that so many Christians live outside of these wonderful realities and blessings in Christ? That's the question. And here is my answer. Because we have not grown or developed spiritually, our spiritual understanding has not fully developed. We don't understand. And if you don't understand something, you cannot, you cannot walk in it. We continue to remain spiritual babes, or as Paul calls them, carnal believers, even though many of us have been born again for many years. And that is why the Lord put this on my heart as a, as a weight, but it's a weight that is not heavy to carry. I'm making it my goal and my pursuit this year to further educate and spiritually develop our spiritual family. Can you say amen to that? I want to take you on a journey of spiritual development. That's why my teachings will focus more and more on spiritual growth and development because I see this as the key to solving many of our challenges and problems we are facing in our lives. So, Spiritual things, the Bible says, can only be understood or discerned and received by spiritual people. I want to say that again because that's so important. Spiritual things 
can only be discerned and understood by spiritual people. Listen to what the Bible says in regard to this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, reading from the Passion. Someone living, living on an entirely human level rejects the revelations of God's Spirit, for they make no sense to him. He can't understand, that's the carnal man, that's the spiritual babe, the revelations of the Spirit, because they are only understood and discovered by the illumination of the Spirit. The New King James says, but the natural man, that is, the carnal man, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So, just as our minds and our bodies can be developed and do extraordinary things, even so our spirits and our spiritual senses can be developed to such an extent of being able to do great things in the Lord. You know, we often admire athletes as we watch them on TV in the Olympics and are amazed at what they can do with their bodies. Amen? Wow! It's phenomenal! <laughs> we, we're never able to do that, but they can do it. And, and I'll explain. As you have individuals who have developed their minds to the point of becoming intellectual giants and professors in the field of expertise. The common factor in all of these individuals that so often we look up to is that they have worked hard every day to get where they are. Amen? Would you say amen to that? They have put in countless of hours, days, months, and years under a competent coach, working with their bodies and their minds to achieve the goal. So, let me ask you this important question. What makes us think that we can develop spiritually by feeding our spirits once a week and hardly ever engage in the spiritual disciplines given to us for this purpose, to develop our spiritual senses. It's not possible. It is not possible. There are no shortcuts to this. There is no easy way to this. And we need to understand that. Unless we are determined to develop spiritually and take the appropriate steps and persevere in them, day after day, week after week, month after month, if we don't do that, we will continue to live and walk below our potential we will walk outside of the realities of our redemption in Christ. 
So whatever we receive from God, let me say this, comes through the avenue of your spirit. We must first receive what God has given in our spirits by faith before it manifests in the physical natural realm. I'm sharing some truths and wisdom and understanding here for you to understand how God works in our lives. Because if you don't understand, then you won't receive. You will be struggling, you will be praying, you will be crying. Oh Lord, but you don't care. Oh Lord, but I feel so lost. Oh Lord, I feel so dry. It's because people don't understand what I'm sharing with you. Listen, I'm going to say it again because it's very, very important. Are you there? Okay. Whatever we receive from God comes through the avenue of our spirits. We must first receive by faith in our spirit before it manifests in the natural. If we are unable to receive it in the Spirit, it will never manifest in the natural or physical realm. For example, healing is spiritual, primarily. And it must be received in our spirit first before it manifests in our body. Most Christians that I know of, that I've counseled, that I've prayed for, try to receive healing with their bodies or their physical senses or even with their mind. They want to understand before they believe rather than their spirit. You can't receive healing with your body and you can't receive healing with your mind. That is not what your mind and your body is designed to do. It's like me trying to walk on my hands. No, you can't, I can't walk on my hands. They're not, they're not, that's not their function. You walk with your legs, not with your hands. Are you listening to me? Or trying to see with your nose. Your spirit was given to you to receive from God. That's where we receive everything from God. And in due time, it manifests in the natural physical realm. So, why do I say they want to receive with their, with their, with their bodies? Why? Because they look to see or feel before they believe. Are you listening? This is very important, folks. They look to see or feel be before they believe they receive. Uh, the, you pray for them, and the next thing that happens, they're starting to feel. They look for evidence. The Bible says faith is the evidence, not feeling. Hey, this deserves an amen. Praise God. So, or they try to reason things out with their mind 
in order to understand them before they believe. No, believing comes first, then understanding comes afterwards. Amen? That's just like putting the cart before the horse. It doesn't work. They don't have spiritual understanding as to how God works, so they cry. Lord, they pray. God, don't you care? I pray. I believe. They look to others to pray for them, all to no avail. That's why I'm not in a hurry to pray for people. I first give them the word. If they receive the word and they believe the word first, then you pray for them. Otherwise, you would be wasting time. The Bible says he sent his word and healed them. He didn't heal them immediately. People followed him for four or five days. And from morning to evening, they were listening to the word he was teaching. And then he came down and he prayed for them. And they were all healed. The word comes first. So, a lack of understanding in these areas is the number one cause of being unable to receive from God. So my aim, my purpose is to give you understanding and knowledge in the ways of the kingdom, because these are the principal things you need to grow and develop before you are able to receive. Let me ask you this. I know some of you know, may not all of you don't know. What is the primary function of a shepherd or a pastor? It is to feed his people with knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Why? Because these are the principal things in life. You can have everything else in life, but if you lack wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, you're not going anywhere. You're going to make a mess of your life. So my primary function is to feed you. To feed you not with natural knowledge, physical knowledge, or academic knowledge. That, that's not my function. My function is to feed you with knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Spiritual knowledge, spiritual understanding, and spiritual wisdom. Because when you have these three, you can build a life that is filled with the blessing of the Lord in every sphere of life. Okay. Nothing. I'm going to mention that again. Okay, let me, I think uh, I lost my train of thought here. Give me a moment. Once we believe we receive in our spirit, man, what happens then? We conceive. Your spirit is a spiritual womb that gives birth to all these wonderful blessings. Both, there's no male and female in the spirit. So once we believe the word, we receive what God promised in our spirits. It is then conceived in our spirits, and in due time, it will manifest in the body, in the natural physical realm. It'll come out. Amen? It may take a while, depending on your level of understanding and your level of faith, 
uh, that's according to your faith. The timing. You may say, when? It depends on you, not on God. Let me, let me put it to you this way. It's like planting a seed, which is the Word of God. The Bible calls the Word of God the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. It is like planting a seed in the ground. The ground represents our spirit, fertile ground, a spirit that is open towards God, and patiently wait for the harvest to come. That is just as Jesus put it this way. It is so simple, even a child can understand it. There are all kinds of seeds from the Word of God which ultimately produce harvests of blessings from God. There is a healing harvest, divine healing. There is divine protection harvest. There is financial prosperity. There is relational prosperity and restoration, all kinds of seeds. It depends what kind of harvest you're looking for. Then you're going to have to sow the appropriate seed. You, you can't expect corn when you have planted wheat. So I always advise people, if you're struggling in a certain area, you are deficient in a certain area, then find out what God's Word has to say about that area and put that Word in your heart. Now, while we wait, remember we plant the seed in our spirit, and while we wait for the manifestation of the promise or the harvest of healing, we don't talk about how sick or weak we are. And that's the mistake many of us make. How do you feel? Uh, and we check our feeling. What we should answer is a spiritual answer. How do you feel? That's got nothing to do with what I believe. I didn't say I, feel, I believe. Ask me what I believe, not what I feel. Because I don't want to lie to you. How, how do you feel? Praise God. According to the Word of God, I've been healed. I'm restored. Oh, but you don't look like you are. Well, where do you read in the Bible, we walk by looks? Or by feelings. The Bible says we walk by faith. Amen? You must answer according to the word. We don't talk about how sick or weak we are, and we talk about all of our sicknesses, and this and that, and I've got this and I've got that, and the doctor said this and the doctor said that, and, and we continue to declare and decree with we must speak what God says, not what man says, not even what the doctor says. That is if you want to receive your harvest. Not only do we declare ourselves healed, but we also act as though we are. Now, that's the tricky part. If you are, then walk as you are, as you say you are. So, once people understand what I'm sharing with you now, this is how your spiritual senses are developed. They are two-thirds of the way there. The other one third, third is accomplished by standing firm and immovable on the word of God that says we are healed through the stripes of Jesus, according to 1 Peter 2.24. Now let me give you a verse of scripture that has blessed me abundantly through the years. Mark 11.24 says, 
Therefore, I say to you, now this is Jesus speaking, folks. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. This is the word of God. He cannot lie. It is impossible for God to lie. So when he says, believe that you receive when you pray, not when you see, not when you feel, when you pray. That's when you release your faith. Believe that you receive when you pray. We need to act on that word and believe from the heart we received what we asked for, what we prayed for. Now that's praying for yourself, not for somebody else. This prayer works for you because it says, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask. Now, the condition that, that this promise from Jesus places is to believe you receive first when you pray and not when you see it or when you feel it. Now, most Christians that I know of will never acknowledge or confess they have something unless they see it with their eyes or feel it with the feelings. And that is where the major problem lies. You know, Thomas was like that. When the disciples gave him the good news, we have seen the Lord, he's risen. He says, I will not believe unless I see and unless I feel. So when Jesus appeared and he was present, he said, Thomas, come here, feel my side and my hands and see. Uh, and then Thomas fell on his knees and said, my Lord, my Lord. He said, Thomas, because you have seen me, you believed. But who are the blessed? The blessed are those who have not seen me and yet believed. And so most of us are like Thomas's. And we are so set in that way. And if you continue, you never progress spiritually. Amen. Someone says, well, I won't believe anything I don't see. Well, do you have a brain? Have you seen it? You know, sometimes we say such things that are so foolish. They don't make any sense spiritually. They may make sense naturally, but they don't make sense spiritually. And here is why. And the reason this is, this is the problem is because we are more body conscious than we are spirit conscious. In other words, we are more dictated to and governed by our five physical senses rather than our spiritual senses. And this is the reason why we should develop spiritually by developing our spiritual senses before we can experience the realities of all of these blessings Christ purchased for us. And the same works with every blessing we receive from God, not just healing. Once we understand this principle of receiving, we will be able to live and walk in the realities of our redemption. 
The Bible has a lot to say about our inward man or the spirit man. Uh, Peter calls him the hidden man of the heart. That's what he calls him. And the way we develop the spiritual man by developing his senses. And as I've explained, just as we have physical senses by which we live and function in this natural world, thank God for our physical senses, but they have their place. We also have spiritual senses by which we we are, we are able to communicate with God in the spirit, receive from God, as well as discern spiritual things. So faith is of the spirit. It is not a natural force. It is a spiritual force. Love is of the spirit. Amen? It's not a physical thing. It is a spiritual thing. Oh, I love you so much. Why? Because you feel. You, you, you have an emotion. Love is not an emotion. Love is not a feeling. It's a spirit. God is a spirit. Patience is of the spirit. And all of the other fruits of the spirit, like joy and peace, all of these spiritual forces are part of our human recreated spirit, and they can be strengthened, they can be developed, just like our physical bodies can be strengthened and developed. So, let us believe God, therefore, together as a spiritual family, for further growth and development when it comes to our faith, when it comes to our love walk, when it comes to our generosity, when it comes to the formation of our Christ-like character, and, of course, in all the fruit of the Spirit, and most importantly, in revelation knowledge. Knowing God intimately, and, of course, loving Him passionately. Now, in order for that to take place, we need to, first of all, engage with the Word of God in a deeper and more meaningful way, as well as being open and attentive to the directives which the Spirit of God will be giving us from time to time. I um, Recently, I've experienced some uh, wonderful Wonderful things, uh, listening to the Spirit. I'm sitting the other day last week, oh no, three, uh, two weeks ago, in my lounge where I usually sit and pray and meditate and listen to God. And I'm sitting there and the Spirit puts this thought into my mind. He said, you've been living here in this cul-de-sac for 30 years. You hardly know your neighbors. Don't you want to invite them over for a, a braai, or how do you Americans call it, a barbecue? Invite them all and have a nice meal together and get to know each other. Man, I've been here for 30 years. I never That thought never entered my mind. I knew where it came from. You know, sometimes the Spirit speaks through. He gives you a thought. And you know, this is not from you. Why have I taken 30 years to come up with this now, because one of the neighbors said to me, what in the heavens has possessed you to do this? You've been here for 30 years. Then I told him why. So I've invited him. Everybody responded. We had 10, 11 people. Thank God Michael came over and helped me. They were all so gladly to receive and accept my invitation. And the couple across the road are Muslims. They accepted the invitation Thank you, sir. What can we bring? And I say, no, you just come along. I, I will take care of everything. 
maybe, and then they pressurized me and I said, well, you bring a salad or something. So they all came, half past five, on time, and these are not believers, they are unbelievers, every one of them. On time, 5.30, they were here, and we sat, we chatted, we talked. The atmosphere was so uh, blessed uh, that evening, they didn't want to go home. They left at 9 o'clock. I was almost tempted to do my thing that I usually do. Michael knows, Stephen knows, and, and Peter knows. When they come, when people come that I know, and I give them a meal, and I ask them, how was the meal? Did you enjoy it? Yes, Pastor, we did. Did you have your coffee, your dessert? Yes, Pastor, we did. Very nice. Now it's time to go home. Now, they didn't want to go home. And it was such a lovely evening. And I was given an opportunity to one of the couples to share my testimony. And the other couple was listening intently. So, I don't know how I got onto this. And I said, be attentive to the directives of the Spirit that God will be giving you from time to time. You might be driving, and all of a sudden, uh, you might not be even worshiping or thinking about God, and a thought comes to mind. Check out the thought. You know, it could be from the Lord. That's why. But in order for you to, to know and recognize the way the Spirit leads, you have to be spiritually developed. Are you with me still? So, all manner of spiritual development takes place through practice. Practice. Hearing from God and obeying Him. Hearing from God and obeying Him. Being a doer of the Word and not just a hearer. You must walk in the light that you have already been given by God. Practice what you know from the Bible. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 24 says that spiritual maturity comes to those who by reason of use or practice have their senses exercised. Now he's not talking about our physical senses. He's talking about our spiritual senses. Another translation says they are mature because they have been trained in the word of righteousness. You can't be trained without the word. You can't develop without the word of God. The word trained means that one has submitted in obedience to the word of righteousness and allowed that word to train and to develop them spiritually. Submitting ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus and allowing his word to shape our thinking, our speaking, and our doing. And God takes us, of course, through a process of development. He knows what we need. He supplies those needs, even though most of the time we disagree and argue with his ways and with his methods. But God is very gracious and very patient with us. Just like the farmer plants seeds in the ground that is adequately prepared and patiently waits for the harvest, even so we plant the seed of the word in our spirits. Seeds of healing, seeds of protection, seeds of prosperity, seeds of love, seeds of faith, or whatever area we are looking to grow and develop. As we plant the seed of the word, we persevere in faith, we patiently wait until we reap the harvest. Now, we don't plant one day and the next day we look for harvest. 
That's what many believers do, as I mentioned, because they don't understand the ways of God. That's foolishness. Yet most believers do that, and if they don't receive the harvest the next day or the next week, they give up and they walk away from the, I've tried this, Pastor, it doesn't work for me. We don't try things, we live by them every single day. Others, again, look for a harvest of any kind of blessing without planting such seeds. They don't take the time to study the word for themselves, to plant the seeds of the redemption in their hearts. So when they look and ask for such blessings, they don't receive. Now, God's finest and best way to develop us spiritually, as I mentioned, is through his word. We cannot get away from that. And of course, the scripture tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, you need to learn this verse off by heart because it's an important verse. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, so that the man or the woman of God may be complete or mature and thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, the Word of God is God's tool for adequate preparation and training. Not sickness or disease, amen, or some kind of physical suffering as some people teach, or even tests and trials that we may go through in life. God, God's method to teach you is not this way, amen? You want to train your child and teach your child you don't put his hand on a hot stove in order to teach him that that's, that's going to hurt him. No father, no mother. If you do that, you need to be jailed. And yet we accuse God so often of doing such things in order to teach us. No. Very many well-meaning Christians believe, even to this day, that God puts sickness and disease on people to teach them something or allowing them to go through severe suffering so they can learn from their suffering. That is not the, the will of God. Well, they say, what about Job? Well, if you read the book of Job, you see that in the end, God gave him double of what he had and blessed him. And let's not take one isolate from the old covenant. Job didn't have the revelation we have today, folks. Are you listening to me? And in the days of Job, there was no Messiah. There was no Christ. Amen? So, this is a false teaching that could not be further from the truth. Now, listen carefully. Tests and trials will come our way for sure. Because we live in a hostile world that is governed by the devil. The Bible says that the devil is the God of this world. In other words, he has access into this physical, natural realm. We live in a world that hates God and everything we stand for. But if we are adequately trained in the word of righteousness, we will triumph over every test and every trial. Paul says, testimony, and God delivered me from every evil work, and he will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. That's a testimony of victory. And in closing, I want to share this with you as an example and a testimony in my own life. I had the desire to go into the ministry long before God released me into the ministry. God knew 
that I was not ready. I didn't know that. I was full of zeal and full of excitement, and I just wanted to run. God knew that I needed adequate preparation before he could release me to go. If I went unprepared, probably I would not be here today. The enemy would have wiped me out. I don't know. Uh, uh, I didn't know that. I thought I was ready. But one day, in prayer, God spoke to me very clearly and precisely about it. He said, son, you need to learn the word first before you go. He didn't say train because probably I didn't, I wouldn't understand that. He said, learn the word before you go. You need to prepare yourself through the word. So listen carefully. For the next seven years, amen, that was 1976. For the next seven years until 1983, I literally immersed myself into the Word of God. I joined myself to ministries and ministers of the Word who were able to teach and to train me. Not face to face. We had, those days we had teaching tapes. That's how I grew. One day I was looking at a brochure of a man of God and as I was looking through, my pastor gave it to me. I heard the Spirit clearly say to me, I want you to join yourself to this chariot. So I went to the Christian bookshop in, in Masvingo. It was the only Christian bookshop. And I ordered every single teaching of that minister. And I turned my office into a Bible school. Hello? Are you still with me? And so, both privately and corporately, I was taught by the Holy Spirit direct and indirect through these anointed men of God. Some people sit in churches for years, they never grow. Because they're sitting under the wrong teach. Under It's good teaching, but it's for babes. Now, how many times can you hear being born again? Being born again, being born again, being saved. How many times can, you know, you receive milk? You need meat, you need, you need further growth. So if you're not getting it where you are, get out of where you are and hook yourself into a ministry that can teach you the deeper things, the truths of God's word, the, the word of righteousness so that you may grow and develop. So I transformed my office, as I said, at work into a Bible classroom. I delegated my responsibilities. I used to sit at the till those days and be the cashier. And now I looked around and I saw people that have been working there for years I think, why am I doing that? Let me train somebody to do that. So I trained them and I went upstairs and I was just supervising and seeing what was going on from above. And all the time I had the earphones in my ear, listening to the word of God and praying. So I prayed, I studied until I was ready to go. You may say to me, Pastor, well, I can't do this. I'm sorry. I worked a full day. I'm tired by the end of the day. So you know what I say to them? So get up early in the morning. Or stay up late at night. Shut down your TV and sports channels and whatever. And dive into the Word. Hello? 
You don't need more than six hours of sleep anyway. <laughs> I know some people would disagree with me, but yeah. Well, the question is this. How badly do you want this? What are you willing to sacrifice for the development and the education of your spirit man? You know, people who want to go into, uh, into accounting, into uh, doctoring, into whatever, you know how many years they study and work and write tests and exams and, and they go through stress and pressure? You know that. Most of you have done that. And finally, they graduate. And they earn this huge salary. Now, we want to earn the huge salary in the spirit and get all the blessings without putting the work. That is not possible, folks. I cannot stress this enough. There is no easy way. There is no shortcut for you and I to fulfill God's plan for our life successfully. And of course, mature enough to do the works he has prepared for us to do unless we are we have adequate preparation in the Word. Everything that is of value in life, you know that, comes with a price. The more excellent the values that we strive for or we aspire require much greater sacrifice. And that's what I want to stress and communicate to you tonight. I'm sorry that so many of us were missing today. I trust they will follow up on, on a recorded message and listen to this, not once, not twice, but listen until you get it deep down into your heart. Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. You've given us in the word everything that we will ever need. Teach us to value your word far above all because Jesus is the living Word of God. We thank you for tonight, and we thank you, Father, for inspiring us, for correcting us, and for teaching us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.